Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here once again with you. And today I am guided to talk about closing the gap between your head and your heart. And I know there's a quote out there somewhere that talks about the longest journey one will take is the journey from head to heart. And although the distance, the physical distance from head to heart is quite short, the path to get out of our heads and into our hearts is not always a linear path. It's not always an easy path. And it's certainly not a a short journey for a lot of people. And the reason for that is how we are programmed and conditioned to live in our lives. So as we talk today about closing the gap between your head and your heart, I'm going to give you some tools and different ideas and insights on how to use resistance, process resistance, how to identify when your heart and mind are actually in resonance, they're actually in alignment, and how to identify when the mind is not in alignment with the heart and what to do. Because I know a lot of people right now are really struggling with what's happening in the world as a whole. And at the same time, there's a lot of energy and a lot of our own stuff washing up for healing. So to be able to identify this gap and use this gap as a tool, instead of adding judgment or resistance to it, you will actually find more peace and you will feel more on path and on purpose in your life. So as we take that journey, from head to heart, I'm going to invite you, if you're able to really sink in and let go of those distractions. And if you're able to even close your eyes, you can listen to my voice and bring in the experience of this journey so that you have a felt experience, a live felt experience with me here and now, whether you're listening live or whether you're listening to the replay, it's, it's live and it's evergreen when you're tuning in. And as you tune in and experience my voice, the vibrational resonance of the voice, my intention that I hold when I put out anything in the world, whether it's the live radio show or through my book or any other, any other materials I put out, I always hold an intention for healing and for awakening, for your deepest healing and a most profound awakening. And for me, awakening is a process. So we can even see, say the words profound awakenings, because you'll have more than one through your life. And you'll have these moments of awakening, and then you'll have some quantum leaps in your process, in your path to awakening as well. So as you pause to tune in with me right now, if you could just tune into your heart space for a moment, and just Feel into, if you're able to close your eyes, do so, but feel into the space of your heart. 
So you've got the physical heart on the left, but you have the physical space of the heart as well. And that whole heart space has an experience, a feeling, a sensation. And I'm going to invite you just to tune in and feel that space. And as you become aware of that space, you start to find ways to describe it. Do you find that you get into that space and then you get bumped right out? Your mind kind of takes you out. We're giving the mind a task. So your mind is more likely to come along for the ride if it's got a job to do. So the job of the mind right now is to explore the heart space, sensing, feeling, tuning into how it feels. Does it feel open? Does it feel receptive? Does it feel soft? Or does it feel closed? Does it feel guarded? Does it feel hard or tense? Is there tension there? Is there fear there? Quite often we close our hearts in fear of getting hurt. And in the process, we, we are taught to believe that a closed heart is a protected heart. But a closed heart only holds the hurt in. It doesn't stop us from feeling hurt. It actually traps the hurt. So then we end up with this heart full of hurt that prevents us from really being open to experience life fully. So as you tune into your heart space and create some curious observations, I'm just gonna invite you just to notice, curious and notice. And then as you're observing the heart, Pay attention to when the mind comes in. Does it jump in right away? Is it, is it constantly chattering in the background? Is it derailing you, distracting you, pulling you away from keeping your awareness in the heart space? So let's follow the mind for a minute. Let's follow it. Follow those thoughts and go up into the mind. Go up into your head. And just notice what's happening there. Is it easier to be here than it is in the heart? Is it more familiar, more comforting in some way because it's familiar? Is there a lot of thoughts running through your mind? So you may notice the speed of the thoughts. You may notice that there's space between the thoughts or the thoughts may be coming one right after the other and there's really no pause in between them or there's no space in between. Remember, we're doing this from a place of observation without judgment. So be wildly curious here and resist judging. Just notice what's happening in the head. Are your thoughts positive? Or are they negative? Do they encourage you or the, do they discourage you? Are the thoughts loving or are they fearful? And if there's quiet space, what, what is the feeling in that quiet space? 
Does a quiet space still hold fear, worry, anxiety? Or does it feel calm and peaceful and quiet, loving? Now reflecting on your experience overall between your head and your heart. When you reflect on your experience between head and heart, do you find that your head is often in alignment with your heart? You feel in sync? Or do you find that your mind is usually in conflict with the heart? You see in the heart space, there's a knowing that goes beyond the thinking mind. It's a knowing that taps into a wisdom. And we receive that wisdom through the bridge between our heart and our soul and our source, between the heart and the divine. And when it's in, in sync with the mind, the mind comes along. But when it's not, there's resistance. And I always define resistance as the gap between what the mind thinks and what your heart knows. Because the mind thinks it knows, but it doesn't know. The mind thinks it knows. The heart knows. The heart knowing is tapping into that divine infinite wisdom. And when we lead with our heart, we can bypass the filters and the programming and the fear-based understanding that we have at the level of the mind. A lot of the programming in our mind is fear-based. Right from the get-go, right from the moment we're born. And even before that, sometimes in utero we have experiences of fear and anxiety. I know for me, I had a lot of experiences in the uterus. Not everybody does. Not everybody remembers those experiences, but it leaves an imprint. So let's say if your mother was anxious or worried or afraid or stressed, if your parents got, got, didn't get along, maybe they argued. Maybe there was fighting around you. Maybe your mother was worried that she was gonna have a miscarriage. That will have an imprint. And I'm not gonna go into the, the science and the understanding of that because you can read Dr. Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief and, and have an understanding of how much imprinting and programming happens from the age of zero to six years of age. There's a lot that's downloaded at that point because our brains haven't developed to a point where we can deny, reject, or accept things. So from zero to six, we just receive, like we're open like a big bowl and everything just gets dumped in there. Other people's beliefs, other people's fears, opinions, judgments, worries, concerns, all the fear-based programming that surrounds us directly and indirectly gets downloaded. And to some degree, depending on the individual, it will have a major impact or it will have a slight impact, but it has an impact. And certain programming will dig a little deeper 
and be hidden a little lower in those layers of the subconscious mind. And then as we grow up, we create these conditions and gather evidence to make true what we believe in the subconscious mind. The ego loves to gather evidence. The ego mind loves to feed our fears. And it's really good at creating stories and changing a story or changing an experience so that we will live in fear. Be caught up in the worry, concern. So this area between the head and the heart can create a lot of, a lot of interference and contrast and resistance. And resistance being the gap between what the mind thinks and what the heart knows. And, and the knowing not to be confused is knowledge. The head has knowledge, knowledge and understanding, but the heart has a knowing that goes beyond that. It's not limited by our programming. It's not limited by our filters. It's not limited by our experience, our past, our trauma, our memories, our inherited programming as well. The heart is not limited by that. The mind is. So when the mind and the heart are in sync, there's this ease and in, we can align with the knowing quite easily, easily and effortlessly. When the head and the heart are not in sync, there's resistance. And the further away your thoughts and beliefs are, from the knowing in your heart, the more resistance you will experience. And that resistance will show up in a, man, a number of different ways. It can show up as procrastination. It can show up as behavioral. It can show up as emotional stuff. It can be irritation, frustration, feeling blah, feeling restless, feeling angry. It can show up in a number of different ways. It can even be physical in the physical body. It can be a busy, busy mind full of thoughts, running on a hamster wheel of anxiety. And then it feeds the anxiety in the body. So then the physical body responds to the thoughts. And it's the perfect storm that keeps us running on that hamster wheel and continuing to feel the fear and continuing to be driven by fear. Meanwhile, there's a calling in our heart that's in conflict with the fear in our minds, the beliefs that we hold in the mind, and that creates more resistance. So the further away the heart is, or the further away the heart seems from the mind, the more resistance we experience. So the resistance can be a small little niggling, or it can be like a catastrophic feeling of like doom and gloom. The key is to create awareness. Because the moment you create awareness around the resistance, you can actually use the resistance as a friend, pointing to what you need to heal, pointing to the belief or thought or that, that train of thought that actually can get you to the root of the discord. Because really what we're looking to do is be in alignment, head, 
heart, spirit. And when we feel that alignment, we have an experience of awakening. We have an experience of enlightenment. And the mind will come in and pull us out. And then we realign again and we're in this beautiful feeling of harmony and in sync. In the Heart Math Institute, they talk about heart resonance. When we bring the mind and the heart in resonance, when, when they're in sync, then we emit a beacon into the world. And we can show up as love and be love in action because we're in alignment with love. But if our heart is calling us to be love in action, but our minds are telling us a whole different story, there's going to be a discord. And this is often where people will experience, you know, someone saying one thing, but you feel another, like their words aren't quite matching the feeling or the vibrational frequency that they're emitting. And this is often where we see the spiritual ego coming in. And that's the experience of the spiritual ego. When we meet someone's spiritual ego, we feel that discord between what they're saying and what you feel, especially if you're very intuitive or in touch with feeling into people's energy or emotions, detecting those things, you will feel the discord. And then the ego, of course, will come in and make the discord all about you. Something's wrong with you. It must be you because it loves to pull you down into wormholes that way as well. So when you feel resistance, when you feel that discord, if you can shift, create awareness is the first step, but then shift into this space of gratitude, appreciation for learning and understanding or seeing that discord, resistance, and then shift into a deep curiosity. What is underneath this resistance? What's behind it? And you follow it down and you can follow it down through your thoughts and you can maybe follow it down through your emotions. Sometimes you can feel physical resistance. I know for me, I often will feel if I have doubt, self-doubt, it usually shows up between my shoulder blades at the back. I don't feel it as much as I used to, but when it does come, I'm very aware. Oh, I feel that area where doubt kind of camps out. And then I pause and I ask myself, where am I doubting myself in this moment? And usually I get an insight as to where it is. And I start to follow it down and see where it takes me. So resistance becomes a beacon or a friend pointing to what you need to heal. And there's lots of different tools you can use to look at your physical mind and kind of get in underneath and clear the subconscious that one of the best ones I found is the ego game of opposites. And you can find that one on my website, heartledliving.com. Just look under the offerings. You'll see the ego game of opposites. And that is designed to expose the deep subconscious programming, the cleverly hidden ego dictionary definitions, like a virus running in the back of the mind. 
the other parts of it is, is being able to go through the body. I love to go through the body to heal the mind. So I, I follow the physical symptoms. I follow the emotions. If I feel something in my body, I follow it. And often it will either move the energy and clear, or it will bring me all the way back to the thought. So sometimes if we need an understanding or we need to actually know what that thought is, we'll, we'll actually follow it all the way back. Other times it's just the process of moving through it moves the energy on its own and you don't need the understanding at the level of the mind. It just clears. And once it clears, it clears at the level of the mind as well. So in some ways we're meant to have an understanding in other ways we're not. Now this was challenging for me in the beginning because I wanted to know and understand every single thing. I wanted to follow it all the way back and create enough of an understanding at the mind. I was like wildly curious, like over the top curious. I wanted to know why, 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 why? I asked why a lot. And the ego loves the question why, because why is an implied, the question why implies like, guilt or wrong, somehow, fault, mistake. It, it really, the, the ego loves the question why. So I shift people out of asking why and into asking what or how or an, another angle. So stop asking why and ask what. What is this teaching me? What do I need to see? What's underneath this? And it allows us to shift out of being the victim of to feeling empowered by gathering awareness and information, a level of understanding at the mind so that the mind can let it go. And the body, the emotional body can release it. The energy body can clear. So this is all part of the journey, part of the journey for healing and part of the journey for awakening. Now, the, the truth is we don't need healing. None of us need healing. The only reason we all need healing is because at some level in the mind, you believe you do. We believe that humans need healing. When we recognize that, then we can actually approach it from this deep place of curiosity and, and move through the motions. So basically what we're doing is unwinding the mind, unprogramming, unschooling, unlearning, changing all the programming that is no longer serving, all the programming that's based on fear. And when we systematically change that, and I don't mean like following a system, one system or one recipe heals all minds because it doesn't. And I even found over the years that some tools will work until they no longer work and then they need to be let go of. They've done their, their job. They've, they've cleared what they're meant to clear and then you need to move on from them and another one will come in. So it's a journey and it's not, you know, we don't go from point A to point B. It's not a linear process. We're often guided in a lot of different directions. 
And when we can surrender everything we think we know and everything we think we don't know, we can create an opening in the mind to follow the heart's guidance. We can follow the breadcrumbs. It's like our soul dropping breadcrumbs when we need it. And it's not going to drop 20 breadcrumbs and we're not going to see the 20 breadcrumbs that are ahead of us because those breadcrumbs will change based on the level of understanding and the depth of healing that we experience each moment. So if we suddenly find something and we unravel from it instantly, then we don't need to necessarily walk down a path of a longer path of unwinding. So we find these tools and we have these experiences of quickening, or you could say a quantum leap in some ways, where we can bypass some of the, the heart work because we've deepened the experience of the healing. We've gotten the mind to sync with the heart quicker. And when we have that vibrational resonance happening, a lot of density actually blasts out of the way really easily and quickly. So again, it goes back to there's not one recipe fits all. And there's not even one tool that will work for you for the rest of your life necessarily. It may need to change and evolve as well. And new tools and different ways and different angles will come in because as you heal the mind, the ego mind, the ego will use the mind and adapt and evolve. It's a clever shift shifter. And it loves to shift and evolve in ways that actually keep you stuck, keep you wondering, keep you confused. The ego makes things complicated. Who's following our intuition is actually quite easy. It's the ego that makes it complicated. It's actually very natural for us to live in heart resonance. But the ego has made it complicated. The ego has made it so that fear is more familiar. And it feeds our fear in many different ways. Its survival depends on you buying into the fear. And you can imagine the ego is like a overprotective, constantly hovering over you helicopter parent, trying desperately to keep you safe and keep you from taking risks. And it uses fear to keep you safe. The same way you know, adults will, you know, say to a child, be careful, watch out, you're going to fall. That's all fear-based programming, innocent, meant to be helpful, but feeds fear. So we have a lot of programming in our minds that we're not aware of. And when we learn to create awareness and shine light on the, that programming, and we learn these, any tool that we can that can actually help us really see what's going on in the mind and really see what's feeding those thoughts and feeding that anxiety, feeling, feeding that worry. Then you'll be able to get to the root of it. When you get to the root of something, you can pull the root like a weed 
You can pull it right at the root and it won't grow back. And that's where you can experience full circle healing. Meaning you've healed that piece and it, it no longer triggers you. Fear is no longer an issue in that area. And I've had those moments, even sometimes it sneaks up on you. Sometimes you realize you wake up and you're like, wow, I just like healed major, major peace. And, and you know that you freed yourself from it. And then there's other times where it sneaks up on you, where you're going along and suddenly something happens, which would normally have triggered you maybe your whole entire life. I've had many of those moments. And in those moments, I'm looking around going, where is fear? Like, where are those thoughts? Where is that fear? Where's that feeling? It's gone. And it's a little disorienting. That's part of the phase of awakening is disorientation. And it's odd feeling. It's like a neutral kind of weird feeling. So a lot of people will judge that feeling. I'm going to encourage you just to sink into it and, and even celebrate the disorientation because you know that in that disorientation phase, a healing has taken place. A shift has occurred on a deep level that's freed you from a pattern, from one of those ego-based loops. You've stepped off the hamster wheel and you're free of it. Now, you may be free from fear in that particular area or that particular trigger, and it might still be active in another area, and that's okay. That's part of the process. That's the healing process. And we're going to keep healing and keep healing these layers and keep healing the next layer and the next layer until one day you wake up and you realize that you really have come full circle healing in a lot of areas. So it's a gradual awakening, a gradual remembrance of the truth of who you are. It's why we're here to remember to wake up to realize that we are not fear. Fear is not the boss of us. Fear is not the, fear is not even the enemy. It's simply one tool that can point us in the direction of the heart. That can point us in to that space of experiencing heart and mind resonance. And when we feel that that sinking, we feel in sync between head and heart. There's a beautiful freedom and a profound peace, a deep knowing, a deep trust. And this is something I, I guide people through, I teach people through. I'm, I'm a healer, but I'm also a teacher. I'm passionate about empowering others. I don't enable them. I empower them, empower them with the tools and the insights and the guidance so that they can really learn to get in touch with their own internal GPS. The last thing I want is people relying on me for them to hear their heart. That's not what this is all about. I don't want to enable you. I don't want you to rely on anyone. Because in truth, the same spirit, the same divine spirit that speaks to me speaks to you and everyone else. 
challenges, you need to ask yourself, how open is your channel to receive that guidance? How open are you to allow your intuitive gifts to really thrive and be used to the capacity that they're, you're capable of using them? So then the question becomes, well, what's really blocking me from hearing, seeing, sensing, and knowing my intuition and trusting it and following it? Because there's one thing to hear it and then there's another to follow. And this is where, again, the discord between the head and the heart come in. If you get guidance in your heart and your head doesn't understand why, it may create a discord. It may create resistance. It may resist and say no to the guidance or delay it because it's trying to understand why. Why your heart would make you do something. So I shift a lot into the space of I don't know. I can be curious, but I don't know. And sometimes my mind will create a little story, but I can't be attached to that story. But it's enough to calm the mind to come along for the ride. And it's in that space then we can begin to follow the heart and bring the mind along. This is a lot of what I teach in the Intuition Academy. It's how to expose the blocks, expose the beliefs and programming in the subconscious mind. It's an unschooling experience and it's designed to unwind your mind from your ego and align your intuitive channel to open it and clear it so that you can really fully, deeply trust your intuition. And it's amazing how in a 10 month program, how people transform and shift into the space of real deep trust and blind faith because they've come to feel and sense and know their intuition. And they know also know how to work at the level of the mind. So as you're going through your day, use resistance and treat resistance as a friend. When I feel resistance, I pause, I acknowledge, and I take a moment of appreciation for it because it's showing me something. And then I shift into what is it that I need to see? What is this resistance really pointing to? Because the ego will project and point outward into the world. It will point at the problem outside of ourselves. And I'm going to encourage you to pause and look inward. And a great place to begin is through the physical body. Where do I feel? So you may have an experience of resistance, but I'm going to invite you to ask, where do I feel this resistance in my body? So if you're feeling frustrated, you're not just frustrated. It's not a mental, frustration is not just a mental experience. You're going to have that feeling in the body somewhere. Where do I feel the resistance? go into the feeling and start to describe it different ways, size, shape, color, 
feeling, density, any words you can use, what emotions are attached to it, anything you can use to describe it, keeping your eyes closed and walking yourself through that process. Follow it down as far as you can. Are there any words or beliefs or memories or any kind of imprinting from the past? Keep following it until you get to this point of actually exposing it, really shining light, as much light as you can possibly shine on it. And then in that moment when it's taught you or shown you everything that you're meant to or whatever level you get to, even if you don't get to the root, forgive it over. Forgiveness. Forgive it to spirit and ask spirit to hold it for you. Thank you for showing me all of this. I ask you to hold this. Please hold it for me so that I could heal it as deeply as possible. Guide me, lead me, direct me so that I can continue to heal all of it fully, wholly, and completely. That's the process. And then you do that over and over again. You hit the repeat button over and over again. The next resistance, you do the same thing. And you'll start to actually recognize that your life is this classroom for your healing and awakening. Your life actually brings opportunity for you to shine light on your leftovers because it bumps up against your leftovers. It bumps up against anything that's left over for you to heal. And sometimes you may need support. So you reach out, you're guided to, to who and how they're meant to help you. And other times you'll be able to do this on your own. But ultimately, I would like to see everyone empowered to do this on their own. I have complete faith in you. And there's going to be certain tools that are going to really resonate for you and not for another. Just use the ones that resonate and use them as long as they resonate. And when they no longer resonate, be willing to let them go and open up to another tool coming in because you can't be attached to those tools. Attachment is of the ego. And when we lean too hard on one thing, we close our mind to trying on another or being open to another tool coming in. So we, in Heart-Led Living, I talk about being open to anything and attached to nothing at the same time. There's a real art to that. So the journey from your head to your heart doesn't have to be so hard, but it does require heart work. It does require awareness and willingness to heal. And it appears to be effort on your part. But I promise you, it's worth it. The hard work you do is worth the freedom you experience on the other side. My mind and my heart are more in sync than ever before. And I don't get hooked as often. And I don't get pulled down that rabbit hole of fear very much compared to what I used to. And the more and more my heart and mind are in resonance, the more and more miracles show up on my path without effort. Now, the work itself takes courage. 
the heart work, the healing work, exposing the mind, the thoughts, going into those emotions and clearing them and moving the energy and the density that's there. That is heart work. It's not always easy. And there's certain layers where you're going to need some support. But there is a place of divine courage within you. And when you tap into that, when you make a choice, even if you just tap into it for 10 seconds, 10 to 20 seconds of courage is all it takes to shift. And the sheer determination or commitment to continue to get out of your head and into your heart, letting your heart take the driver's seat, letting your heart drive and letting the mind become the passenger. That's how it's designed. It's designed to be a tool to be used by the heart as you're living through this human experience. It's not meant to lead. It's not meant to be the driver. And as you learn how to get out of your head and into your heart again, that's where the true profound soaring freedom comes and deep peace, deep trust. And you can walk with blind faith, knowing that you're completely held and guided and directed by the divine. That's living life by divine. That's a total surrender. A beautiful gift for all, including you. So I thank you so much for tuning in each week and taking this journey with me and being open to take the tools that resonate and leave the rest behind. You don't need to judge the rest of the tools. They're just not for you and that's okay. Take what resonates, use it for as long as it is meant to be used and then be open to dropping it and letting it go when it's meant to. That's the journey. And I'm honored to be taking this journey with you. I'm honored to be one of your mighty companions, illuminating your path, kind of shining, shining light on the breadcrumbs for you in whatever way I'm meant to. I'm here to be of service in this world. I, I was born with this great calling to uplift humanity and unite us in love for each other and our planet. So I feel a deep connection to everyone and everything. And that has given me an experience of deep resonance with the love and the, the goodness and the kindness and the compassion and all. But it's also allowed me to tap into the darkness, the density, the fear, the trauma, the wounds. So it's in that contrast of my own experience of darkness and light that I can actually support others at a deeper level, helping them move through these dense, dark layers with more ease and grace, with loving compassion, being a compassionate witness. So I'm honored to witness your journey. I'm honored to be here walking with you at this time. Uh, I do believe there's a, a wave of a great awakening upon us. And it's just a matter of all of us making that choice one way or another. 
So thank you again for tuning in and joining me. And until next week, I'm going to encourage you to see if you can close the gap between your head and your heart and find that beautiful heart and mind resonance, even if it's just a glimpse, even if it's just a glimmer, even if it's just a moment, savor it, invite it, be open to it over and over again. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. I see you. Until next week, love and blessings. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heart, L-E-D, living.com.